I've got a song which will go good with whatever I preach this morning. I want to put up on it the video. And it's uh, Jeremy Riddle. And it's uh, Sweetly Broken. And I don't know, a lot of you probably heard the song. I don't know. But it, it kind of, uh, what I've been studying this week uh, and reading on and things like that is uh, one of my fears is that we have a lot of people in the church, and I'm not just saying this church, but throughout the world, that want to claim God, they want to claim Christ, but yet they don't want to live with some of the other things that, that God, uh, with God's authority, asks us to, to live that way. And so they'll claim God and try to manipulate God to fit in some kind of box that they, they want him in, but yet that's not the way it can be done. I was talking with a man that goes to a big church, not in this state, another state, and he said that uh, one of the issues that they deal with there is that a lot of people will come to this big church, but they're not really, they really don't understand, they really don't understand God's word. It's more of a, uh, a, a, a hangout, a coffee house, or, or something. Not saying they don't do great things in that church, they don't know anything about the church. I'm just saying this man's perspective on it, that he sees a lot of the younger people, they really just come together and they, they're having a good time, and, and they're loving the music, and uh, they love what they hear, but they're not really living that way. Uh, guessed, they take the part that they, they want to live, and they want to claim that, but they don't want to really dig deep into it and really start to live that way. There's so many things that they want to hang on to. Does that sound familiar? Am I off course there too much? Is that, you guys ever heard things like that? Where you, just, you, wanna, you want this, but you're not sure you want all of it. And so you, you'll, you'll claim it, but not really proclaim it. How's that? So this song, Sweetly Broken, uh, if you'll just, it's about five minutes. And if you just kind of sit still and relax, and more than the tune, the words should be up there. Look at the words, listen to the words, because if we're not sweetly broken by Christ and, and what that cross represents, then we're not broken at all. And until we get broke, we can't really understand what that cross means. Have you got that ready up there? Anytime, John, go ahead. John, thank you. Me gently to my 
What draws a person that can uh, write something like that? It's because that person understands what that really means, sweetly broken, drawn to that, down to their knees and understanding that there is truly a different way to live. For us that have been sweetly broken, for us that have, have claimed and we really understand what we've claimed, we live a total different life than the world. Do you understand that? Completely different. At least it should be. At least it should be. We are to be in the world, but not of the world. Brent told me this morning of a, somebody at his work that called him and uh, asked him to go by and see their mother in the hospital, St. Francis, just the other day. And, and Brent told him he would. And, uh, you know, first thing, isn't it great when somebody calls you to go speak about Jesus? But her mother wanted to hear something about Jesus because this particular person didn't know anything about Jesus. And the lady was about 57 years old, the one that didn't know anything. What a, what a sad thing to live in a country where there's churches on every corner and you don't know anything about Jesus. What a, what a sad world we're living in. It shows us the, the, the work that we need to continually do to help people understand this living Savior that we have. And as he agreed to go see this lady that was struggling with life, he called the lady back when he was about to go over there. And she said, never mind, she died. And it kind of messed, <coughs> messed Brent up for a while. And it messes, it messes me up because she dies, most likely not knowing who Jesus is. And I think as Christians, if, if we really understand the cross and really claim who he is in our life, then we really have to understand when people die without Christ, that's it. That's, that is it. It's, it's eternal damnation. It's over. There's no, no coming back. There's no maybe so's. It's done. It's over. And so for people to claim the cross, be it, not want to pick it up. It's such a dangerous thing for the world. And we need to be aware of that. And that's why I'm going to, I'm going to preach this sermon I have right here this morning. And next week I'll probably preach the other one. Picking up the Bible without picking up the cross is like listening to God's word but not living out God's word. Let's pray. Father, as we come before you this morning, Lord, I ask you to, in, in to engage in our hearts with the Holy Spirit that we can truly understand how magnificent you are and the calling that you have given us is a powerful, wonderful blessing that you've drawn us out of such a life that was total of destruction and, and for eternity we could have lost it, Lord, because you called us out, Lord, and because we came to you, Father, and you allowed my heart to be broken. Father, what a blessed man I am. Father, let us not take that lightly, but let us engage who you are, that the next person that we can talk to, Lord, we can encourage them about Jesus. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Uh, picking up the Bible. I, I can pick up God's word. Anybody here can pick up God's word. 
This is an old Bible that I've had for a long time. The picking up the Bible without picking up the cross. I can pick up this. Let me try to explain this to you the best I can. Pan. I can pick up this. I can read it. I can go through it. I can even try to study it. I can even claim it. But if I don't abide by what it tells me to do, then I'm not picking up this. Does that make sense to y'all? In other words, it, it's, it's not, I'm, I'm not, I may be reading it, I may be trying to learn it, but if I'm not willing to pick up this along with this, then my life is in danger. Because this, this is what saves us, Jesus Christ, amen? His cross is what gives us our salvation. This is the way we live. This is the instruction book to living. I can't really learn this until I have picked up this. Because the power of the Holy Spirit engages my life that I can see my name on the pages of this book. And it becomes alive and real to me. And, and the world doesn't understand that, but I do. And so just, just to pick up a Bible and say, yeah, I go to church, I read my Bible. Well, fantastic. I bet Satan knows every word in this Bible. Probably a lot better than I'll ever know. But Satan's not going to heaven. You've got to, it, 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 it takes both. Everybody say it takes both. It does. It takes both. So what I see is, I see a lot of churches wanting to preach what the Word of God says, but yet they're not instructing people that you've got to pick up the cross with it. I saw something that Brad showed me earlier today, and I should have put it up on the screen. It was a church in North Carolina, a large church in North Carolina. And uh, Brad, what were they doing different? A water slide baptismal. I got to tell you, I ain't thought of that one. That one never crossed my mind. Probably for good reason. Now, this water slide baptismal wasn't just a little slide. It was probably, I don't know, 15, 20 feet tall, Brad? It was a tube slide up on the stage of the church. And they get in that slide up on the top, and they slide down that, and they get baptized. I don't know what y'all think about that. But my heart and my mind says, there's something definitely wrong with that. There's something extremely wrong with that. And I don't know who these men are or women are that are putting something like that together, but I'm going to tell you what, you don't have to. Why do you have to be cool? Why do you think you have to be cool to follow Jesus? I mean, I got these cool maverick sunglasses up here. If I can get them out. They're HD. Now, I'll tell you what, a lot of you guys out there, you struggle with this, because I used to struggle with it. But you want to you be cool. I mean, you want to be so cool. Am I right or am I wrong? I mean, I got to be cool for my friends. Now I go to that church over there. Man, I go to that cool church with that slide. I'll even read the Bible. But the problem is, if you can go to something like that, I can guarantee you there's something wrong with your theology in this. Amen? 
Something's wrong between you and your theology and the cross. Now, I like to have fun when I preach, and no doubt about that. I love to have fun with God. But I'm telling you, this cross is not fun. And there's a time when you cannot follow other churches even. You've got to stand up and preach the truth. You're never going to see a baptismal slide in this church. Because baptism is important. It's the death, burial, and resurrection. It's important. It's not amusement park. My Lord's cross was never in an amusement park. It never will be. So we can claim it. That church and many other churches can claim it. I've heard of churches having rodeos in the sanctuary because they want to be cool. Well, there's a limit to cool, people. There's a limit to it. And there's a limit to it in your life. You can't claim it if you're not living it. Please, please don't tell them you go to the crossing. Because then I'll have to deal with it. Listen, the cross is important. It's radical. It changes lives. It's not something to be handled with such... I don't know what word to use. Laxadaisy? That is no big deal. It's important. Matthew 10, 18, it says, You will be brought before governors and kings for my sake as a testimony to them and to the Gentiles. This is the people that claim the cross and are living by it. I mean, they've got both one in one hand and one in the other hand, and they are living by it. And today we've got, you know, the 2016 was the biggest year for persecutions of the Christians. More Christians were killed last year throughout the world than any time. Do you get that? That's what that scripture says is going to happen. It's written 2,000 years ago, and it's happening. Throughout this last year, I have been persecuted probably more times for picking up that cross than ever before. For preaching hard, for preaching truth. People do not want to hear it. And the church, at least some of them, are falling for it because they want to be cool. You will be brought before governors and kings for my sake as a testimony to them and to the Gentiles. See, when we're brought in front of this, and if it ever happens in this country, which it probably will, and it did happen last year down in Houston, Texas, and other places in the country, where the politics and the mayors were wanting to persecute the church. Thank the Lord, the church, the real church, is standing up. We've got to continue to. Just because a building says church on it doesn't make it a church. Amen? You need to check the theology, the doctrine, and make sure it lines up with the Word of God. In Matthew 16, 24, it says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take, up the, take his cross up and follow me. That means deny. I mean, you really have got to say, I'm not living that way anymore. I'm not the cool guy or the cool woman you think I am. I'm not going there anymore. You've got to deny that stuff. If anyone desires to come after me, Anyone, who's that? Everybody, right? There's an obligation. If we claim it, if we, if we really believe the Bible, really pick up the cross and really live this life, 
So we've got to deny himself. In other words, deny what I used to want to, what I used to do, what I what I want had in my life so much. That has to be gone out of my life. I have to be sweetly broken. I have to come to my knees to the understanding that there is a God. There is a God. He died for me. He loved me. His name is Jesus Christ. And I've got to live that way. I don't care how long you've been a Christian, or if you've been a, a year, or, or a few days, or 30 or 40 years. We still got to go back to this cross from time to time. We still got to look at it. We still got to say, am I lining up with it? Do I really believe this? Am I really living this life like this? Because I tell you, you need to be the one on the phone that somebody's calling and saying, will you go visit somebody for me? You need to be doing that. You need to be willing to do that. And don't be 57 years old saying, I don't know anything about Jesus. My goodness, how sad. The sadness in just that. That Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up the cross and follow me. The cross is not something we play around with. It's not something we think lightly of. It's not something that we just pick up and say, yeah, 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 yeah. It's really what we are. It's who we become. In Ephesians 2.16 it says, And that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the what? Through the cross. Thereby putting to death the what? So you actually, before the cross, there's an enemy. You can pick up the Bible, but that enemy's still there. Until you are sweetly broken by the Lord Jesus Christ and his cross, there's an enemy within your own life that is trying to destroy your own life. That's hard, to, that's hard to comprehend, isn't it? Because we think we have control of everything. And it's hard to comprehend that I'm actually my worst enemy. But there it says, putting to death enemy. So what does death mean? Brad, come up here, will you please? I know Brad don't want to come up here, but... Sorry, Brad, he just come to my heart. Everybody, this is my son, Brad. He's a good boy. Every once in a while. <coughs> Read that for me, Brad. And that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, there, thereby putting to death the, the enemy. Enmity. Okay, yes. not enemy, enmity. Doesn't matter, same thing. Lay down here. Out there is where they can see you, Brad. Don't hide back here. Intimate. That's death. That means it's not coming back. <laughs> let, me, let me read that. It's not coming back. You got me? Because there's something new about you. It's something completely new. It's called the cross. You've picked it up. Everything about you is done. The old self is dead. It's gone. It's not coming back. So let me ask you this. You say, well, I picked up the cross, and I'm really struggling, and I keep going back to where I came. Well, I can let it. You can't. It's dead. Everybody, everybody get me? It's dead. How does something dead come back? How does something that you said was dead comes back into your life? 
Are you sure of what you claimed about the cross was true in your life? Are you, are you sure about that? Are you dead? That's dead. I can't make it come up. It's dead. I hope I emphasize that good enough. Get up, right? I'm sorry. What, you getting old? I had to call you up. You know, if I get down here, I'm never getting up. First Corinthians 1 Corinthians 1.18, it says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. So this makes no sense, although they will try to make sense out of this. But this makes no sense. They really have not put on the cross. They really have not picked it up. They really have not living by it. They'll try to live by this other, other way with, with, what the book, with what the Bible says, but they're not really living by it. They can't. It's foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. I actually know better than to put a slide upon the stage and let you slide into your baptism. Because I don't believe that cross was something that was fun. I don't believe that cross was something you slid into. I don't think dying of yourself and trying to be sweetly broken like that song, that beautiful song, I don't really think that has anything to do with some slide and being cool. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. So this is the power of God. Amen? Everybody say the cross is the power of God. The cross is the power of God. Did it say the Bible was the power of God? This is the power of God. I will never understand this until I have this. This isn't first, this is. I can hear words, I can come to Christ because of the words I hear, but to come alive in Christ is through the cross. Is that okay? Too many people want to be Christians, but without the cross. I'm saying the same thing again. It, a lot of people want to be Christians, and what I was told about this larger church in another state was that it's, it's a good place to meet people. It's a good place to come and hang out and meet people, do business transactions, you know, pass out business cards, things like that. I'm not lying to you. This is what I, this is what I was told. It's just a good place to go and gather because a lot of people are coming. You can do a lot of wonderful things for yourself. If you go over there, there's a couple thousand people or more, and you can do all kinds of things. Oh, they have wonderful things, wonderful outings. And some of it may be really good. I don't know. But according to this person, it was like nobody really gets it. They don't really get it. They forgot the cross. Too many people want to be Christians but without the cross. Enemies of the cross can claim the cross, but have never surrendered to Christ. The God-man on the cross. See, there's, a, there's a big, big, huge thing here. It's called God. He's the one on the cross. He's the one we would surrender to. I, I, I got to surrender to him to understand him. I've got to surrender everything I am to be able to claim who he is in my life. In the Old Testament, I'll probably preach out of Jeremiah next week. There is a huge... <laughs> when people want to claim something about God, but then they don't want to live it, there is a huge accountability for that. And what I, what I want for your lives and for my life is, is I want to be held accountable to God. I want to be held, held accountable by everybody here. But I want to do it right. 
I don't, I don't want people coming up and saying, your theology is way off. Your theology is nowhere near. I, I'm going to try the best of my ability to just get as close as I can. We all make mistakes. We all will. That's just life. But I'm going to do everything I can to get close to that cross. I don't want to claim just to be a Christian. I want to be a Christian. Amen? I want to be everything there is about a Christian. I want to be that Christian. And I tell you, if you don't think God holds us accountable, you don't know God. He will hold you accountable for what you claim and what you do. But never surrender to Christ, the God-man on the cross. In Matthew 7, 22 and 23, it says, Many will say to me in that day, and I know a lot of you have heard these verses, right? But this is here because I want to really emphasize a little bit. These are for the Christians sitting in the church. These are for people that have claimed God. These are for people that, that have picked up their Bible, and, they, and they've claimed God. They've watched other Christians. They've claimed him, and, and he says, here's what Jesus says. Many will say to me in that day, in other words, the judgment day, you'll go up there and you'll say, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Well, prophesize in today's word is, is teaching the word of God is understanding the word of God, giving the word of God out. I, I, I don't need to know the future. I've got the future. It's written down in God's word. I've got it. And if I'm trying to find my future, well, then I'm off anyway because I'm not supposed to deal in sorcery and things like that. I leave the future to God. I have faith in God to, to take sure to care of my future. So prophecy today is me preaching, you teaching, you telling somebody about Jesus. So many will say to me that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? So that means, that means preachers that claim to know Jesus Christ and preach out of his word, deacons and elders and council members and, and Sunday school teachers and team leaders and team S and team that, people, offering people, anybody you think of, they claim something and they'll go to Jesus on that day and say, well, wait a minute, Lord. Do you know who you're talking to? Are you sure you know who you're talking to? Hey, I taught adult class for 20 years. I preached some sermons. Are you sure I led people to you? Are you sure you know what you're talking to? What you're talking about? Do you know how foolish that is? But here it is. Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Cast out demons in your name. Now, I, I have seen a lot of evil things in my life. And I see a lot of evil things going on. And I'm sure demons, they're working overtime because time is getting shorter. And if you don't recognize that, man, how can you not recognize that? We just had the episode down in Florida at the airport. You got, we got demons are on the rampage. They're doing evil things. They're trying to destroy the family. They're just trying to destroy our livelihood. Everything we got, anything about God, they're trying to destroy. How about Israel? And this country happens to be a part, I'm not going to do this too much, but this country is, all, is a part of it because we've got fools running things right now. You don't go against Israel, amen? Everybody say that. Never. Never, ever do you go against Israel. So how is it we're going against Israel? Stand for what is right. Amen? Stand for the cross. And never go against God's word. 
Never. You say, well, I don't know about all Israel. Well, I can tell you that God says who those who curse Israel will be cursed by God. Those who go against Israel will be utterly destroyed. Don't go against Israel. Demons in your name. And done many wonders in your name. Now, what's many wonders? Speaking the word of God. I mean, really speaking the word of God. I mean, these are wonderful things. Leading people to the Lord. I'm not saying you can't lead people to the Lord and not know God. You can. You know the scriptures. But what good does it do you to lead somebody to the Lord if you're lost? What good does it do you to, to speak God's word, but you're lost? There's preachers speaking God's word all over the place. And many of them are lost. I know a man, his, name is, his, name, his name's Ford. I'll give you his first name. None of you know him. From my childhood. Grew up in the same church I grew up in. He went to be a preacher. He preached for many, many years. We'll see him here about 10 years ago. And he said, Paul, he said, I got to tell you something. He said, I was lost preaching. I was up there preaching, but I was lost. God just struck me down. I had to understand what the cross was. He was lost preaching the word of God. In an independent, fundamental Baptist church, the preacher was lost. By the grace of God, he allowed to see, was allowed to see that. Because he didn't pick up the cross. He claimed the word of God, but not the cross of God. See, we can say a lot of things with our words. Words are words. It's the heart. Amen? And then I will declare to them, Everybody say these words. I never knew you. Can you think of any more harsh words than that? I mean, I never knew you. Four words. Four words. Now, the Lord puts us in his, in his word that we can see how important the cross is, how important his word is, how important the cross is, and how many people will pick up the word but not pick up the cross. It's important. Some of you, I don't know. I don't know your hearts. But you can go to the Lord Jesus Christ maybe this week and he can look at you and say, I never knew you. You can say, well, I listened to Paul. He says, I know Paul, but I didn't know you. I can't get you to heaven. Amen? I can't get you there. I can't do anything to get you there. Well, I can give you the truth. I can love you and I can encourage you. I can tell you what's going to harm you, what's going to hurt you. In 23 it says, and then I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me. Everybody say, depart from me. I've known some families that had to say that to their children because their children were so evil, so bad, and they, they've had to disown their children. I don't know if I could ever do that. I haven't come to those circumstances. But I can imagine to say to your child, because God created us, depart from me, has got to break his heart. It's just got to break his heart. And the millions or billions of times he's going to have to say that because he allowed us the opportunity to know him. He allowed us the opportunity to pick up the cross. And we refused it. Even knowing what the word of God says, we refused it. I never knew you. Depart from me. You who what? practice what? Sin. You who wanted to be cool. You who wanted to 
have it your way. You who tried to, to fit God to match your idolatry or, or your ideology, you wanted to, to fit God into that, and so you manipulated your own mind and your own heart to do that. And then you believed it. And then you lived by it, ignoring the truth. You know who some of our worst enemies can be? Everybody raise your hand. <laughs> you. You can be your own worst enemy. Because if you do not get through the gates of heaven, whose fault was it? It's yours. It's all on you. Philippians 3, 18, 19. For many walk, for many walk of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. Let me go start to say, for many walk, what are they doing? Walking the word of God. They're walking. For many walk of whom I have told you often. In other words, Paul has, has spoken about it many times. Of who I have told you often and now tell you even weeping. Because of the fear he knows what's going to take place in their lives at the moment of death. He understands it. He gathers it. He knows it. He knows the truth. And the pain in his heart for his congregation is powerful. That they are enemies of the cross. Whose end is what? Destruction. Whose God is real, is their what? Belly. You know what? The belly is because that's what you, you love to fill yourself up with all kinds of things. Not, not just food, but you, you love to fill your, your life up with the things of pleasure, the things that make you cool. You love it, so you, you fill yourself up with that. And whose glory is in their what? Shame. You love it so much that you glorify yourself. <laughs> Did some cocaine last night. <laughs> you know what aggravates me in the morning thing on Facebook? You know, I don't get this. I don't drink, I, don't, I never drank a beer in my life. I don't want nothing to do with this stuff. It destroys families. Satan will use it every time to destroy things. But what gets me on Facebook is a Christian, somebody that's claiming Christ, and they'll pick up that, that right there and put it on Facebook. You know how hard it is to pick up a glass of beer or a glass of wine or a glass of anything? You just got to pick it up. It's not a big deal, people. You got an elbow. It works. Are you some kind of super guy or superwoman because you can pick it up? What is wrong with it? It's crazy. You're understanding the word of God, but you're not picking up the cross. Maybe you, you tipped it up a little bit. There's something wrong. Don't give me that stuff about drinking wine at the wedding. I can go blow that completely out of the ground. For many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is their shame who set their mind on what? Earthly things. Earthly things. Go back to the drinking just for a minute. I'm not getting on anybody around here. I'm just telling you what I read. I learned a long time ago, because you can handle something doesn't mean somebody else can handle it. Amen? Just because you can handle something doesn't mean I can take a hammer, smack my thumb, and not say a cuss word. But I'm not going to continue to do that because it hurts. 
Just because I might be able to handle it doesn't mean my little boy's going to handle it. It doesn't mean that. You're back to living life for yourself and not the way God's word tells us to live. He said, Paul, that's all this stuff you're talking about. Man, this is really, you're, you're getting into my, my good times. You don't know what good times are. Good times is on your knees with the Lord. Good times is claiming Jesus Christ to somebody that's lost. You don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. You don't know if you're going to live past today and you're worried about a good time. I love you people but I want you to do it right. Amen? I don't want one part of your life not done right. You say, well, it's going to take me a while to get there. Okay, but at least try getting there. Amen? At least get on the road of getting there. At least let, allow God to infiltrate your heart and your mind and make you feel guilty over it, whatever it might be. Get there. Pick up that cross and get there whose end is destruction, and whose God is their belly, and whose glory is their shame, who set their mind on earthly things. To hear without listening is to claim what you've never had. <laughs> to hear without listening is to claim what you've never had. One of the hardest areas of people's lives is when they, they hear God's word, but they're not listening to God's word. And if I go into this, the, the message next week out of Jeremiah, you'll, you'll, clear, you'll see that so clearly. You can hear God's word, but you're not going to listen to God's word because it's not what you want to hear. And so you plug up the ears and act like it didn't take place. To hear without listening is to claim what you've never had. Isaiah 65, 12, Brooke, come on up. Therefore... I will number you for the sword. And you shall bow down to the slaughter. Because when I called you, when I called, you did not answer. When I spoke, you did not hear. And choose that which I do not delight. I'll go again. Therefore, I will number you for the sword. In other words, death is coming. Come on up, guys. Death is coming. And you shall bow down to the slaughter. In other words, you're not going to have any choice about it. You're not going to have any choice about it. Because when I called, in other words, when the preacher spoke, when the Sunday school teacher spoke, when a deacon prayed over you or where an elder prayed over you or somebody prayed over you, you didn't listen. You didn't take it in. You didn't really believe it. Even though it's right there, even though you're right there with it, you didn't grab a hold of it. It's the most scariest place you can be in your life. When you become unteachable, when you become someone that cannot hear the word of God because your own thoughts are guiding you. I don't know how, if there's anything in life more scary than that. When I spoke, you did not hear, but did evil before my eyes. Some of you today, I've spoken to you. I've given you everything I got. I, 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 I preached a sermon because that's what God told me to preach. And some of you say, well, I know all about this stuff. 
But, well, maybe it's not for you. Maybe it's for the person next to you. And I guarantee you it was for you. You just don't want to admit it. But did evil before my eyes. In other words, I heard it. I got it. I gathered it. But I'm not taking it. I'm not believing it. I'm just going to go right on down where I'm going. And Jesus will understand. That sweet lady that Brent was going to visit at 2.30, 2 right? And I'm sure Brent was going with a lot of prayer, right? And I'm sure Brent knew what he was going to have to say, right? She never got the opportunity to hear it. And her daughter knew nothing about Jesus, which tells you the mother didn't know anything about Jesus, except at the end of her life, she knew there was a man a God-man named Jesus. She knew something about that. And at the end of her breath, she wanted to hear something. The door was shut on her. God didn't allow his servant to go to her. It was shut. It's a clear example of God's word over and over again. That door is shut. but did evil before my eyes and chose that in which I do not delight. There's a question I'm going to give you, you can go away with, is the way you're living your life, is it pleasing to God? I mean, every aspect of it, is it pleasing, is it pleasing to God? You can go off here and say, I'm let preachers crazy, or whatever you want to say, it doesn't matter. I'm asking you personally, I want you to get with Christ, I mean, Get down there and say, Lord, am I truly, sweetly broken? Did I really mean that? Did I do that? And am I living that way? See, I'll be held accountable for everything I teach and preach to you. And I'm telling you, when I, when I go, I, I want to make sure that I've done it right to the best of my abilities that God and the Holy Spirit has given me. Do you know Jesus Christ? I mean not just know the name and not know him like the demons know him, not know him like the majority of the world knows him, but I, know, I mean know him with, in a relationship or starting a relationship with him like the person next door. What you do in your life is your business. It's between you and God. I'm going to love you no matter what it is. But I just know how you can have the best life you can have. And it's picking up the cross. And then picking up the word of God and going out, living it, loving it, displaying it, encouraging the lost world through it. You know what? The world doesn't need more cool people. It needs people that are settled in the cross. Amen? It needs people that are rock solid in the cross. You want to make a difference in your life? pick up the cross and make an eternal difference for your children and grandchildren. That's a legacy you'll live behind and when you go to heaven the Lord will say come on in, well done my faithful servant. Don't just stand there. Do something. You're going to have the opportunity this week to do something for God. 
He said, well, I don't know anything. Uh, this is my very first principle, and I'll give it to you because a lot of you never heard it. It's the one I lived by for years. It's my most important principle. It's not how much you know, but how much you love what you know. It's not how much you know, but it's how much you love what you know. If you've been sweetly broken, you know. You know there's something different about your life. Don't just stand there. Do something. As you talk to God this week, listen with the cross close to your heart. If somebody called you and said, would you go to the hospital and talk with somebody about Jesus, what would your reply be? I don't know enough. I don't know if I can do that. Or if it's yes, yes ma'am or yes sir, I'll be right there. I'll be there as fast as I can get there. You're servants of the Most High. You've been bought with a price. You've been bought with a price. The blood of God. And He's the large, beautiful God. I think he's about done playing around with this world. If you belong to Jesus Christ, if you picked up that cross, you understand it. If you've been sweetly broken, you're welcome at these tables today. You're welcome at the table. I mean, enjoy God. If you've got things that you've got to get rid of and you're struggling with it, don't you think Jesus knows it? Don't you think he knows it? Don't you think he's calling you out of that? You have an opportunity today to change your life forever. And tomorrow morning, you'll get up with love and power. Because you're following Jesus Christ and you've picked up the cross and you're going to open up the word of God and it's going to come alive to you it's not a book any longer it's not do's and don'ts it's love it's a magnificent glorious love would you come today and enjoy the Lord if there's something in your heart that you need to work on Take it to Jesus. Take it to Jesus. I've done my part. It's time for whoever to do their part. Take it.